Maniacs, welcome to episode seven of Fancy Plants Podcast. I am Chris, and every week I am here with the beautiful Sue and the Hello. luscious Amanda. Hello. Hello, ladies. How was your week? Well, <laughs> it was a, a, a pretty good week. My weekend was a little crazy. We were getting ready to go to the lake. I got up in the morning and I seen some leaves, about five or six on the ground <laughs> underneath that evil croton that I had to name Sue. And um, yeah, and I was like, what is going on? Because I did walk by it the day before and thought to myself, hmm, that leaf looks weird, but I didn't look. So this is the croton that you're, you allowed allowed your husband to bring home a couple weeks ago yes and i brought it home i I checked it really carefully in the store i checked it when we got home because like we were in calgary which is like an eight-hour drive um i checked it when i got home it was put where it can't be near my other plants and i sprayed it even because i know that they're susceptible but the whole thing with spider mites is they're really smart they know how to hide really well and then they just all of a sudden multiply and come out that's what they do that There's, was probably the one spider mite that you have in your house. Yeah, because you always have one. I'm pretty sure they're like a Trojan horse. It's like, hey, and then all yeah. of a sudden they just all appear one night. Yeah, they're hiding somewhere, like a whole group of them. And they're like, shh, shh, be quiet. She'll pick us. Just be quiet. And then <laughs> yeah. as soon as they're there and they're like peeking their heads out and they're like, coast is clear, fellows. Let's do our job. Party time. Yeah. So I went and looked. And what's crazy is like, People should miss their plants um, sometimes because not for the plant's sake, but kind of for the plant's sake, I guess. But when you spray them, all the webbing appears because you can't see it. It's so fine and so massive. And I've seen where people have posted because I'll be honest, this is my first like major spider mite. Like I've had a couple where I see like a couple little webs in the light and dealt with it. This was my first major one. And so when I took it outside to spray it, because I was, I yelled at my husband, by the way, for a few minutes. And it's something that I probably brought up every 10 minutes the whole day long. But I took it outside and I sprayed it with some Dr. Doom and all the webs appeared. And I could not believe how much was there. Just mortified. Mortified. But I felt challenged at the same time because I was like, I had to name it Sue. And now I have to win against the spider plants. I might have a little bit of a competitive side. Spider plants or spider mites? The spider mites. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Freudian slip. Yeah. Yeah. So I, well, I feel challenged with spider plants too. Um, but I felt like I have to, I have to fix it. So we're, right now it just has like a clear garbage bag over it. It's outside. And oh, you it. still have it? Yeah. Because I feel like I have to beat it. I feel like I have to beat the spiders. Like like now. with a stick or? Yeah, I, I would like to beat it with a stick, but I just have to win against them. If I throw it out right now before I win against them. Oh, but that is a win. It's like win-win, no spider mites, no croton. I know, but if I beat the spider mites. Then you have a croton. It'll have no leaves and no one wants that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll have beat the spider mites and then I'll get to throw it away. So it's a double win oh double win but it's staying outside it's not allowed back in the house it's, it's quarantined right out to the corner far corner of the deck bad bad plant outside yeah. with you it doesn't even deserve the penalty box <laughs> amanda how's your week 
My week has been good. It's been busy. I've had a contractor in. We had a leak in our basement at the beginning of last winter. We find we got it fixed and it's been dry in this monsoon summer that we're having. So I got a contractor in to fix the drywall because that is something that I just have no love for. Mm-hmm. And uh, he should be finishing up here tomorrow, which means I get to paint. And then I'm planning on moving my office slash plant room, the secret plant room that has padlocks on it. Uh, I'm going to move that down to the basement. So I will have a 12 by 14 foot office slash plant room. How many windows are in this in this room and where are they located on your home? <laughs> one tiny one and it's got bars. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I tried. It's going to be a lot of grow lights. It, well, it already is a lot of grow lights, and I figure when you have as many going as I do, what's a few more? Yeah. I was actually measuring before I came here. I'm like, I gotta go, gotta meet the ladies, and it's like, but I have this measuring tape, and if I put this here, I could put another shelf there, and I've already made plans. I'm not even it's... sure my husband knows what's happening, but it's happening. <laughs> I like it. It's so fun doing that. I like it. Um, I This week... I have some plant mail coming and I know that we were all involved in this particular sale from uh, Crystal Star Nursery. That is intense. It's like a pit full of vipers when they have restock day. Oh my gosh. And stuff was going just so fast. So I managed to snag a variegated plumeria. I really love plumeria. I had a few um, that unfortunately suffered an ill fate in the move. Did you put them up somewhere where you couldn't reach to water? I didn't, but I did put my big one in the garage and it just kind of got all dusty and it it got all hollow inside. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. So it was, um, that was unfortunate, but I have this new variegated one coming. I have a special place for it in my house in front of the window. It's going to live there. Nobody's going to touch it but me. And I'm going to baby this thing until it flowers for me because I love plumeria flowers. Did you guys feel like panicked and like sweat a little bit when you're waiting and refreshing for them to like open up the website? I, I hate the refresh, but like I'm prepared. I already have my number one plant saved in my clipboard. So I search, I paste, I'm good. I check out and then I'll go back and look for other stuff. Yeah, that's what I did as well. Because the only thing I wanted was a plumeria because I knew if I was trying to get several plants, I knew I would never get any of them. Oh, no, absolutely not. You have to pick your one and Go for it. And I did. I act, I wanted um, a dragon scale. And so the silver dragon scale. And I had it in my cart. But as I went to pay, because I went and grabbed another one, because I was like, I'm just going to double check. Like, I just searched the two plants. Um, and then I was like, uh, it, I went back and it was gone. So then the other plant that I got, which was, now you have one of these down here, but I wanted the variegated one. Um, it sounds like a sneeze. Bless you. <laughs> I will introduce them in a moment. Yeah. And I wanted that one. And it was, oh, I went to the cart and then it said sold out. So I was like, well. Um, why'd you order that online? Well, I know who I'm going to hit up after this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw those clippings in that photo in case you're wondering if you have two of those clippings. Well, there's two of us. I, I could probably figure that out. <laughs> I think Chris and I are going to have to have a secret little online shopping to try and find something Amanda doesn't have. But what's hard is because she has so many secret plants, we'll think we got her like a gem and she'll be like, I already got it. Yeah, we're going to have to try and figure out a way to surprise Amanda. That's a an excellent challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys have suggestions on what you think Amanda won't have, but will like, 
That's a tough one. Once you add that in too, that's let true. us know so that we can hunt for it for an Amanda. For Amanda, that's true. She's kind of picky. I am picky. <laughs> yeah, it's because I have a lot. I I'm picky, and I I know I'm picky. There's a couple agaves I'm lusting after, but I'll I'll track them down. I think I know one of them. Is it a white rhino? No, it, well, I, I love the white rhino, but there's a few other ones that are just absolutely gorgeous. There's, there's a variegated Queen Victoria that's not the white rhino. I saw that. And that one is beautiful. I'm like, maybe I don't need white rhino if I can find the variegated one. Mm-hmm. Note. Making mental notes here. I don't, we don't even need to make a mental note. Do you want to know why? Because we're recording this. True. <laughs> Very true. But you know, it'll be like six months from now and we're not going to be like, wait, we got to go back to all the podcasts and think of the plants Amanda mes- mentioned. You know, I listen to every one of these, right? I know. But like I'm saying in six months from now, <laughs> six months from now, I actually was doing a little bit of uh, plant perusing today. And I think I may have found another pothos that is a little less known that I think I might try and import. Not willing to share it yet. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll share it once I get it. Was it the unicorn that I seen today? No, it was not your variegated uh, oak gendopsis. Is that real? Because I, I could one. not find any info on it anywhere. All I could find was that sometimes a silvery ann will look split like that. Uh, well, uh, I didn't find that one when I was in my little rabbit hole earlier. But we're just going to say that the one that I did find is like Cebu Blue. Only with bigger leaves and not shiny. Oh, yeah. interesting. I think I like that. Yeah, that sounds really cool, actually. I think I like that. Yeah, I, I, I really, that's, it was like a variegated, so like half of it was almost like a satin pothos, and the other half was like white, like the silvery and white. And yeah. so if you know that's real, can you please post it on our page so I can see, like the real one? It was just a picture of one, like like a painting almost. But it was in like one of those posters that were like the different varieties of this. And I'd never seen it before and I can't find it. So I think it's a unicorn. Yeah, I've never stumbled across that at all ever. And usually, you know, all of us are kind of wandering around the Internet looking at things that are rare, or interesting in a lot of the different groups that we're in. And when I saw that leaf, I was and, and Sue, you pointed it out. I was like, oh, now I know what I want. Yeah. We also have some plant friends with us today, as always. Today, and I've talked about this guy before, you can see this guy on our social media, both Facebook and Instagram. Joining us tonight is the very stunning Monstera Adesaniae with the incredible fenestrations finally live here in person. He just came home to me on Sunday, so I'm happy to have him here. We also have um, a more common plant, but one I've had for a while. He lives in my husband's office and doesn't get watered that much. But that's okay because it's still alive, a Sansevieria cylindrica. A few of the tips are kind of brown and wilty, but, you know, he's he's keeping going. That started up off as five spears, and now there's, what, 15 in there, something like that? Amanda, I'll count and let us know. 16. 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was an excellent that was a good guess. guess. Uh, also with us is a plant I bought on an online auction um, a few weeks ago. Hoya Huchikl... Whoa. Bless you. <laughs> Hushkilana. Hoya Hushkilana. Yellow. Apparently the flowers ta- taste. Well, I'm not going to eat them, but apparently they smell like popcorn. 
I'm very excited to potentially have this Hoya One Day flower for me. Hopefully they smell better than the pink ones. Because the pink one smells like a, an old Starbucks caramel macchiato. Mm. Yeah, no, like the old mm-hmm. cup that's been sitting in your yeah. truck for a little while. Yeah, it's special. Yeah, kind of like my Hoya DS70. Yeah, mine's oh, been... Oh, yeah, mine too. Yeah, the first day I was like, oh, this is caramel pudding. It smells awesome. And then the next day, it smelled like an old caramel macchiato Starbucks cup that sat in your car on a hot, hot day. Yeah, oh yeah. They, they've got this kind of sour milk thing going. And currently, I've got uh, my little pink one there, and my DS70 is blooming, and my Memoria is blooming. So I've got three plants in the corner mm-hmm. that smell like old milk. Mm. It's terrible. Ugh. My uh, modus guy finally bloomed again, and I gave it a place of honor in the bedroom. I may have mentioned that before. I can't recall. But when I go into the bedroom at night, I forget that it's in there. And I'm like, what is that smell? And it's it's the plant, and it's like a chocolatey, perfumey kind of mix. Kind of punches me in the face every time I walk in there. But That explains the black eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Hello, here's a smell for your face. <laughs> I uh, I got that Meredithy eye from from a beautiful friend and it bloomed. It had a bud on it when I got it and I thought it would bust and it bloomed and it's kind of maybe very light. It's kind of it's just a sweet smell, but it's very light. Like you got to stick your nose right in there and give it a good, and, but it's kind of just sweet. Yeah. I, I find uh pretty eyes like that as well. So those are our plant friends with us today. And that was our plant slash just general being alive excitement for the week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also this time of year in our part of the world it's um you know we're past summer solstice where the days are getting a little bit shorter now but we still have very long beautiful sunny days here in northern alberta and we have gardens and i think that i just want to brag a little bit about my two tomato plants that are actually producing tomatoes i'm quite proud of myself for that and i'm hoping to have enough to make some salsa i'm not very domestic so making salsa to me is like this magical mystery that I'm hoping I'll be able to achieve. <laughs> I'm sure you'll get there. It'll be fine. We ripped out all the cilantro because gross. <laughs> and we the mint is coming in. My raspberry bush will absolutely not bloom. I don't know why. I think I might just cut that whole thing out of there. And we have some mint and some chives that grow like crazy, but more importantly, I have two pepper plants. And so we were just outside before recording this episode today. And one of my pepper plants, they're tiny. I mean, they don't do so hot outside here in northern Alberta, but I thought I would take a stab at it. They both have peppers. One has more than the other. Um, the one that has more peppers, the leaves are extremely, are turning yellow very quickly. And so I asked Amanda very nicely if she could please tell me what's wrong with my pepper plant. And then she made me wait until right now. So, because I'm like that. <laughs> I was only on my first glass of wine at that point. I wasn't really ready to share. Okay. So, uh, when was the last time you fertilized your pepper plants? Never. Okay. That's one of the issues. Okay. It takes nutrients to produce fruit. So, your one that's not yellow yet, if you actually look at the bottom leaves, they're starting to yellow and mottle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and those are a small pot. It'd be different if they were in the ground. Yeah. But because it's a small pot when and we've had lots of rain, the nutrients just washes through. So you're going to want to fertilize those. And the other thing you're going to want to do is uh, maybe give them a bath and get the aphids off. Oh, yeah, that would that would probably be a good it idea. It might help. I didn't even notice, actually. 
Uh, they're not bad right now, but they're underneath the leaves. Oh, interesting. And so thankfully, those are far away from everything else. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the backyard. But the aphids are bad this year, though, anyways. Yeah. Oh, that's really good Super. to know. And, you know, it's so funny. I look at those things every day and I never notice that at all. So how would I be better at looking for something like that? Uh, when you start to notice leaves that look odd, different, maybe they look scorched, maybe they're starting to yellow, any of that sort of stuff, actually look at the leaf. Is there something on it? Does it feel different? Have a look at the underside of the leaves because it's hot out. We hide in shade, so do bugs. My other problem is I don't like bugs to be on, on me. So, you know, if I'm looking for bugs and I don't want to touch them, how can I avoid that? They're called gloves. What? <laughs> <laughs> Just put on a pair of gloves or um, pick up your pot, grab a nice white sheet of paper and set a sheet of paper down and pick up your pot and angle it on the side and tap the side of the pot and shake anything out of it. Oh, I like that. I think that would be good. Mm-hmm. It's probably not as uh, in-depth as actually like digging through your plant, but it's better than nothing. I could try gloves, I guess. I mean, 43 years old. You'd probably, make them look I could good. Probably, probably yeah. put a glove yeah. on. <laughs> I picture you in like a bee suit, checking out a leaf. <laughs> <laughs> okay, please don't actually think that that could be uh, wrong because it could be very right. I, I have yeah. a feeling it could happen. It's, yeah. it's actually hiding it. in a closet upstairs. Yeah. I know it is. That's how I picture it. We she were... comes outside like, and it looks like a spacesuit. An <laughs> <laughs> oxygen tank, like yeah. the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Picking up a leaf, looking. <laughs> the other thing you can do is call me. Yeah. I, I, I will come over and check out your plants for you, Chris. I'll I mean, give you wine and food. We Perfect. Okay. We come here quite a bit to record. Like, we'll help you. Thank you. Need an adult. And now I have two. Yeah. Um, what kind of fertilizer should I be using on a plant like that? Any garden fertilizer, uh, you can throw in a handful of bone meal. Uh, honestly, any houseplant fertilizer. Fertilizers, yes. I know everybody's got their favorite. Everybody has their thing that they swear by. But it's like asking um, a little old t- Italian man how to grow tomatoes. Mm. Everybody will tell you that this is the method you use, which will work the best, and this is what you have to do. Okay. Um, in reality... Anything's better than nothing. So if you've got houseplant fertilizer, I use 20-20-20 on everything. Because it's well balanced. You're going to get your leaves, your roots, your flowers. So I think that when it comes to fertilizer, I'm going to assume that there's some folks out there like me who see the numbers and you maybe do a little bit of reading about it. And, um, you know, you kind of take some advice here and there. But there are probably people like me who are like, well, it doesn't really mean much. And so what I would like to do is probably sooner rather than later, let's do a fertilizer episode because I would really love to know more about that. And I feel like both of you will have some really great advice about that. I think that's an excellent idea. Just don't let me talk for as long. <laughs> <laughs> we like you to talk. <laughs> yeah, we kind of need you to talk. Right? Um, I, I know some, but I don't know like Amanda's level of stuff. And um, the legitimizer. Yeah, and Amanda, you're like you're kind of our brains. Like I know some things. I'm kind of like the casual, little bit knowledge person, but you're like our, you're our brains. Oh, that's a heavy load for me this week. To this week, I make an overtired toddler look like a rational being. <laughs> 
Well, why don't you tell us about your garden and, and is there anything in your garden that's making you mad or is it they're bringing something bringing you joy? So um, I was in school up until August. Well, no, I just I finished my semester here end of July. So um, I'm not going to lie. I was weeding a flower bed the other day that had three foot high chickweed in it. You couldn't see my hostas underneath it. And I knew they were there. And as I was pulling out the chickweed, I found the six pack of violas that I meant to plant in May. They're about eight feet tall, yellow, leggy. They haven't been pla- like they are sad. Surprise! Oh yeah, yeah. It's um, it's spectacular. So ten thirty at night, I'm ripping out armfuls of chickweed. My husband is going, "What on earth are you doing? Why are you doing that at ten thirty at night? Stop it!" So he didn't understand my crazy at that point. Which is okay. I don't know that I understood my crazy at that point, but I feel better that I can actually um, see my hostas. And those hostas are not new. They're they're big. Hostas are so pretty. I, I want to find them. a place just to put some in my yard because I, I think they're so nice. Maybe in your front yard, but you realize your backyard's like Arizona, right? Yeah, no, I wouldn't put them okay. in, the, in the front. Yeah, I the have them like me. along the, the south ish side of the yard but like there's like it's the in-between houses up at the front kind of on the east east southeast side and they do awesome there i love them and i got a new one this year i got a called curly fries <laughs> they Aww. have great names they really do yeah they do and i, I really like curly fries it's it, he's pretty fun he, he's very fun that's a f- great name it's super fun yeah he's i used one. to have one called captain kirk yeah yeah that was fantastic so do you have any food growing in your yard right now amanda like people food? Yeah, like people food. Um, Yeah, I have a tomato plant. How is it doing? Uh, Well, it's been planted for about three weeks. Okay. So it's uh, a roughly six inches high. And oh. it's... <laughs> That's okay. It just became summer on Monday, so it should be fine. <laughs> it's, it's got two tomatoes on it. <laughs> I don't remember when I watered it last. I mean, two tomatoes isn't bad, to be perfectly honest, on, the, on something like that. The thing is, Amanda, you have, like, you have... Not really time for your yard garden, but you have a pretty incredible office herb garden. Yeah, oh, my, my, uh, my herbs at work. Well, I'm like the mechanic who drives the broken down vehicle. So I have uh, rosemary, thyme, peppermint, spearmint, and uh, strawberries at work. And I also have um, an echeveria from when I got married in 2017. It is... Uh, 10 inches across and it's just absolutely stunning but my rosemary bush is probably getting close to three feet high at work and it's blooming it's quite beautiful actually it is quite the spectacle to see it's beautiful um i like it so you have an advantage there and you you have a garden it's just not in your backyard yeah exactly i i was i cheat at work because we don't let the greenhouses get too cold over the winter so I was eating strawberries in February because I'm, I'm crafty like that. Really jealous about that because I love fresh strawberries; they're delicious. I tried to grow strawberries once. Guess how successful that was? Yeah. Um. So I bought a six pack of ever-bearing strawberries this year, and I was gonna plant them in a pot. And I was like, going outside, I'm gonna plant you in a pot. I'm gonna plant you in a pot. And they dried out because we had some extreme wind and then they got drowned a couple times and then they dried out again and then they cooked in the sun and then they didn't have a space to grow because they were in the little six pack. 
So I don't have any strawberries. My strawberries were all rooted underneath the benchings with all the trees on it. So my strawberry plant's actually about six feet wide. Oh, nice. I just keep hauling in all the suckers and clipping them off and giving them to people that work there. But I, because we, we fertilize for uh, the trees, all of my work plants are mutants. Meaning they're huge? Massive. Mm-hmm. Can I have some? What would you like? Rosemary. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rosemary is awesome. Fresh rosemary. I want to make fancy cocktails out of it. Can I sample the cocktails? Uh, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Isn't that what an herb garden's for? That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah like w- when it was the shutdown and we couldn't go to Cuba anymore because we were supposed to go to Cuba, I just bought all this fresh stuff and started making fancy drinks with, and, and I started my own herb garden so that I had the fresh herbs to make like mojitos. and. Those were fantastic looking, by the way. Um, it's not like I could come over and have one, but they looked amazing. Next recording, maybe I should make a jug and bring it over. Uh, Yeah, I think that would be advisable. Yeah, I'll do and it. And you know what? When you make fancy cocktails, you're not technically drowning your sorrows. You're being classy. While having to stay home. And fancy cocktails go with fancy plants. Right? Yeah. I like it. Okay. Well, we're going to definitely have to try some of those things for the next episode. Yeah. So how's your garden? What's uh, what's going on in there? Honestly, it's doing well. Last year, my husband built me um, garden boxes. They're about three feet tall and two feet wide and eight feet long. So I don't even have to bend over, which is awesome, to weed them. And we put new soil in this year. We took out some of the old soil. We put in sphagnum moss and we put in manure and really dug it up. Because like last year, they it just got like hard, like clay. And it was the mix we got I didn't, I wasn't happy with. So this year they did better. Um, my lettuce is like, meh. It kind of got too wet where it was. But my romaine is like king of the crop. Uh, it took off. We've had a few Caesar salads already. Um, not enough to... Like you can go pick a little bit off for sandwiches. You couldn't like open a restaurant. No, couldn't open a restaurant, but it, it's it's keeping us going. And I just trim off what I need. Like you know, I had a sandwich today, so I went outside and snipped some off. Um, my beets, they're little. They're like a marble. Like remember when you get a big marbles when you're little, and there was that one big marble because I don't really know how to play the actual marble game, but there was that one big one. They're like that size, the beet part. So hopefully we have a good. You know, we had good weather this last week, so hopefully that continues and maybe that'll help them, encourage them to get bigger. My carrots are really puny. I have lots. The tops are tall, but I pull them and they, they're they kind of disappointing once you see underneath. And so many things in life are disappointing once you see underneath. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. My peas won't stay to the trellis, but they're they're there. There's lots. There's I had my first pea out of the garden yesterday. Oh, yummy. It had, it was like a little fat pod and had three little peas inside of it. Three little peas in a pod. It was just like us. Like us. Like three little peas in a podcast. Yeah. Three little peas in a podcast. Sorry, that was a terrible (laughs) joke. I got nothing. I enjoy it though. I enjoy it. That's my favorite thing. (laughs) I found it very appeasing. (laughs) Oh boy. So we're not allowed wine anymore. My onion, my Walla Walla onions are good. I have a few about the size of a baseball. And then I have some that are a little bit smaller, but they're, the tops were laying over, so that meant they're ready. So they're drying out in the garden. My garlic isn't ready yet. My broccoli, I'm horrible because on Monday we had a really hot day. So we haven't had hot weather here um, up in northern Alberta. And we had a hot day. It was like 31, 32. It was at least 31. Yeah. It was, it was a record humid. breaker. Yeah. And I kind of got sick of being outside because it was so hot and, and I was sticky. But I looked over and I was like, oh, my broccoli is ready. 
So I thought I'll get you. I'll get you tomorrow. And I did that for two days. I'll get you. I'll get you. Mm-hmm. And I'm I go familiar. out. Yeah. I went out yesterday to go get it and it, it bloomed. So um, three broccolis were good, but my one that was the biggest, it bloomed. So it won't be tasty anymore. So it's so kind of a waste. So once it blooms, you mm-hmm. don't eat it. No. It's b- very bitter and gross tasting. That's really, I actually had no idea about that. Yeah. And so your little florilettes, the little green pieces, the little yeah. bubbly green pieces on it, those are the flower pods. That makes so much sense now that you say those words out loud to me. Yeah. So it blooms little yellow flowers on there. They're actually kind of cute and little. They remind me of canola. Kind of. I, but they're cute. But I like all flowers. And I, I didn't know. Yeah. So the biggest head is kind of a, a no, no tasty one. Um, and my pepper plants are stunted. They <laughs> didn't grow tall at all this year, but I have big peppers on them. So keep going. And something ate all the flowers off of my zucchini. Sorry. So you have all sorts of fun things happening in your garden. Your zucchini flowers were delicious, by the way. Stuffed them <laughs> with some cheese, fried them up. They were great. It actually looks like where the flowers were, someone cut them off because the flowers on the ground and it's like pinched there. So I don't know what it was, but I had three flowers, but there's more coming. So I'm hoping now that we're getting some nice summer weather that maybe. Did you steal her zucchini flowers? <laughs> No, I didn't, but it made you make a really great face. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Amanda's sneaking into my backyard because she has nothing better to do. Well, Amanda's snip, saying, snip three flowers and off she goes. Amanda's <laughs> saying, your flowers are great. And Sue's like, it looks like someone cut off my flowers. So I'm just over here playing detective. I'm putting two and two together. I think you should keep an eye on her, Sue. Yeah, I'll have to. I, I don't know. Like, would it be a bug, Amanda, do you think? It's quite possible. It could be a bug, could be a bird, could be the wind. Yeah, I don't know. They just, I had three, three gorgeous zucchini flowers and now they're on the, and it looks like it was cut. They're on the. You have quite floor. a lot in your garden. I do. Cause I have like, I think the whole thing is like 32 feet long. Oh, wow. That's a no huge idea. amount. And then it's two feet wide. And because I don't have to walk between rows, I, I could crowd some things like my carrots are quite, you know, they're only a few inches apart. Um, my lettuce, same thing. Um, my my beets and stuff I gave them my broccoli I gave more room because they grow quite big but a lot of things I can kind of crowd together so and I still had empty space in my garden well if you harvest something yummy feel free to bring a little bit over with your fantastic cocktails that we're going to put some rosemary in maybe we can have cocktails and Caesar salad I will supply the ice Mm, Mm -hmm. I like that yeah Yeah, I I can bring some pansies they're about Eight inches tall and look real sickly, but I got six of them. <laughs> I like pansies. Pansies speaking, are good. Speaking of ice, I think we can move on to our main topic, and that's plant myths. And ice is actually on the agenda for plant myths. So, listeners, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of the plant myths that we have come across. We're going to give our opinions on what we think is the truth behind the plant myths, understanding that, you know what, for you, Things that we say may or may not work for you. You get to do what you want because you're an adult now. But uh, we're going to tell you what we think and what our experiences have been. So I'm going to start with one of my favorites. And I've never done it, but I have seen lots of people who have done it. And that's putting sand on top of soil to get rid of fungus gnats. My skin's crawling right now. (laughs) It, it, It works. To get rid of them because they, they can't crawl through the sand. They're not strong enough to crawl through the sand and it blocks off oxygen and they want to come out. What I found personally when I did it was one, 
it really sucks if you knock over that plant that's topped with sand. Super sucks. It's a big mess. But even bigger than that, I'd be like going to my plant room and what's that smell? What's that smell? I know what that smell is. I can science that. Yeah. Okay. So science us up here. Okay. So when you put sand on top of soil in a pot, um, you run the potential of creating what's called an anaerobic environment. So that half inch of sand, not only does it stop your fungus gnats from coming out, but it stops the air from getting in. Makes sense. So what anaerobic soil is, is soil that doesn't have enough oxygen in it to support whatever else is in it. So it does not have enough oxygen to support the roots of your plant. So you end up with yellow leaves and that sort of stuff if you're not. So you would call that plant suffocation. Uh, Yeah, it kind of is. So you end up with yellow leaves if uh, your plant's not drying out well. It's very easy to overwater. It does work for some people. They'll put chopsticks in them so that they can tell when the plant needs water again, that sort of stuff. If a chopstick comes out wet after a half hour. So not only are you strangling your plant, you're stabbing it as well. Yes. (laughs) Um, Now, if you are to your wits end with fungus gnats, you're just, you've had enough. You know what? If you want to put sand on it, go for it. But leave that for two weeks and then get rid of it. Pour it out. Oh, that's a good idea. For, mm. And for those of us, or not, not necessarily us, although I'm not well-versed in this, a fungus gnat is a small fly that lives in the, in the soil? Yep. Yeah, and its larva likes to eat rotten things like fungus. And so, especially if they're small, kind of decaying roots. And they will food. damage that's your... My, that's my sound, by the way, that they were eating <laughs> the roots. <laughs> they will damage your plant over time? No. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. <laughs> Only so, rotten ones. Uh, fungus gnats eat the, uh, eat the fungus that occurs naturally in soil. The only time they will actually go after your plant roots is if they run out of the fungus that they eat normally. So if you have had fungus gnats for a week or two and your plants are all of a sudden dying, chances are, it has absolutely nothing to do with fungus gnats. And there's another culprit at play there somewhere. Okay. That's very interesting. So fungus gnats could be a symptom of something else possibly. Yeah. Um, if you have fungus gnats, chances are you like the water. Um, and if you've been overwatering and that sort of stuff, especially if your pots don't have good drainage or if you have sand on top of your soil. Um, it could be that you have root rot. It could be that your plant has been overwatered. There's a whole host of things that go along with too much water. Speaking of drainage, that's another myth that um, could or could not be true. Essentially, the consensus that I seem to see is all pots must have drainage. And by not having drainage, you're a bad plant mama or papa. I have a pot that doesn't have drainage and the plant's been in it for maybe four years. Now, I've also lost a lot of plants previously to pots that had no drainage because I was told to put rocks at the bottom. But what happens is the water will dissipate into those rocks and eventually build up and it doesn't really evaporate. And the soil doesn't be like, hey, I need to like try and lift you up into me. Um, so it, it can cause some problems that way. And then eventually that's going to fill up and then it gets into your soil and then the 
water has nowhere to go. So you have this bad stagnant water going up into <laughs> into the um, soil, into the roots, and then the roots can rot and that just can create all kinds of problems. When it comes to rocks, I've also heard about roots um, growing into the rocks and into the water, which yep, can also that'll be... that'll happen too. Yeah. Just like your, your lecra, like roots grow in around it. Yeah. Why wouldn't they do it to rocks? Right, except for in this case... It's kind of gross water sitting. It's not fresh, nice water. It's well, and okay. So you put rocks in the bottom of your pot, and then you put soil in the pot, right? How do you stop the soil from going into the rocks? You know, yeah, like it's the your soil. Now you just have rocky soil at the bottom of your and a heavy pot. Yeah. Yeah. So getting back to the original question, should you have drainage on all of your pots? No. You don't need drainage on all of your pots. If you are careful about when you water and you stick your finger in the soil up to your knuckle and see if it's damp in there, if you're careful about how you water, you don't need to have drainage. If you water all willy-nilly, I'd strongly recommend drainage. So the more careful of a waterer you are, the more likely you are to have a plant survive in a pot that does not have drainage. Yeah. I think there's some... uh, there's some folks out there who are quite adamant that drainage is necessary. And, you know, maybe for some folks it is. So for me, I prefer to have that because I like to see the water coming out of it. And then I know that, you know, things are good. But, um, yeah, maybe for you folks who are more careful, it's better. I like the drainage hole for that reason because sometimes you over water, you know, Sometimes you forget and water twice. Yeah, sometimes you forget and water twice. Um, I also love to drill holes in things. <laughs> it is seriously one of the most satisfying thing. And so I drill holes in my pots. No holes doesn't stop me. And even my pots that I have just a grower pot sitting in, I still drill a hole in them because it is satisfying. It is very satisfying. Uh, I had a, a friend tell me a story the other day and I, I really, it was funny. So they're telling me a story about either they or somebody they knew had a plant. They were a new plant person. and. They would water their plant until they could see the water on the top of the pot because they thought that they had to water the plant like this. And of course, the plant didn't survive. So we had a nice chuckle at that. But I do believe that, of course, there are people who maybe just don't know. So if you're watering and you don't have drainage, maybe a little less water is less is more, I guess, in that case. Absolutely. A plant will come back faster from underwatering than it will from overwatering. They're just like us. They can go longer without water than they can underwater. Um, If somebody wants to try a pot without drainage, the best thing to try is a clear glass. Um, Fish tank, flower vase, anything like that, because then you can see if the soil's damp. You can visually have a look and say, okay, that soil's dry, I need to water, or holy cow, look how wet that is. And I think you could also go back to the old chopstick or skewer trick as well. Absolutely. I know some people who are very, very successful at that. So for me personally, my preference is to have drainage. I like to see that water flushing through the plant, but uh, it sounds like you could do either depending on your own personal style. Absolutely. Do what works for you. I think one of the most, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, one of the most annoying things that I see online a lot is succulents and how to water them. I there's lots of succulents are 
popular. They're beautiful. They're easy to care for. Something that drives me bonkers is when your people are instructed to water your succulents by misting the leaves. But succulents do not drink through their leaves, my friends. Succulents drink through their roots, just like many or if not all other plants. And when you are simply misting the leaves, those roots are not getting water. I wonder if their idea behind misting the leaves is that they get the leaves wet enough that the water runs down and soaks into the soil. Like, I I wonder if that's the thought process behind it. I think people genuinely believe that those plants are drinking through their leaves because they are a succulent plant. Yeah, they're definitely not. Like, they think that succulent, they suck the water through their leaves. That's what that means. Exactly. Okay. That's what I think. I I believe that that is a belief that people have. Yeah. I think that... Just misting your plants in general, it's not harmful necessarily to them, but like a lot of people will be like, ooh, to up your humidity. Well, if you mist your whole room with humi- mist it with water, it will get a little bit more humid. But they're not, plants get water through their leaves, but they don't <laughs> through their leaves. Well, some orchids will uh, foliar feed. They'll take up nutrients mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff through their leaves. But misting a plant only temporarily raises the humidity around it. So then you end up, rather with having this nice humidity curve, you end up with spikes and valleys. And we don't like it. I hate going from inside the grocery store to outside and then back inside. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. It's just not something I love. Yeah. The first time I went to Hawaii, well, okay, the only time I went to Hawaii, I'll be back. I remember, well, you know, being from Northern Alberta, we've talked about this before. It's quite dry here. The plane door opened and I walked off that airplane and I was like, what is this? <laughs> the humidity hit me <laughs> so hard. I was not expecting it. And I'd never experienced anything like that before. And so I guess, you know, for houseplants, it sounds like that might be the same kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. My husband, when we went to Dominican, we we got there first night. And he's got the air conditioning in the room turned down to something that is similar to home. I'm like, you're going to get sick. It's fine. No, Okay, well, I'm going to get sick. No, 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 we're not going to get sick. It's fine. So on day two, he's like, I don't feel good. Okay, so let me turn off the air conditioning because <laughs> we have a fan. You're okay. Yeah, ended up with bronchitis in Dominican. It was great. Oh, my oh, goodness. That would suck. One way to solve the humidity problem that I've read about um, is to have a pebble tray where you have a tray that's maybe larger than the pot of the plant and you've put water in it, but not to the point where it's above, let's say, leca or rocks or whatever you might have. Because you don't want the plant to be sitting in that water, but you do want the water to be evaporating up around the plant. That works spectacularly. Yeah, I, I like, I'm a fan of that. I have that in my fern, which is coming back alive. The one that I've put to, put to death, pretty much. But that's what I did is I put a bigger tray underneath it with rocks and then it sits in like a cocoa choir the whole thing just sits in there just for looks and then it sits on top of that on a on a few rocks so that it's out of the water and then I water it there but I I always fill that up with water and it's actually coming back from death is that your staghorn fern no that 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 cratered oh okay. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't it didn't like its daily it like that's another one that I had to miss daily if I didn't miss it daily it let me know. That and one, though, that a staghorn fern in particular does survive that way, does it that's, not? Oh, yeah. That's its, that's its whole whole game. And so, yeah, that one died when I had, after my car accident, when I was in a neck brace and that's neglected where. my plants. It, yeah. it, it died very quickly because I didn't, I didn't water it, it properly. Flip, flipped to the middle leaf and just was like, I'm out. Yeah. I'd like to try again, but this time I'd like to put it on the wall. 
I'd like to. Oh, that would look so nice. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about ice a little bit earlier. uh, And next up on the agenda of plant myths using ice cubes to water your plants. I know the hard way because I used to do it because it was easy. And I thought, okay, I'm portioning so I don't overwater my succulents and cactus. But the problem is, is if the pot isn't like big enough, that the ice cube, when it sits in there, it, it can touch the plant or it can touch the plant's roots even. It's frostbite. Like if I sat there and put an ice cube on my arm and just let it melt right there, I'm going to get I'm going to get it cold and it's not going to feel very good and make me a little bit angry. And so the same thing with plants and it's going to make it angry. And so it's not the greatest solve all problem. What you can do, because people do it with orchids, that's a big one. And orchids roots, or, there, is there cold weather orchids, Amanda? There are some, uh, there, there's a ton of uh, wild native orchids here in Alberta. Yeah, there, I guess. Hey. There is a boatload. Uh, generally, not anything that you're buying for in your home is going to be tolerant to anything close to single digits. Yeah. So you can put like an ice cube in the in a thing, like your watering can and let it melt and then water them that way so it's portioned. But I don't recommend it. I know that there's people that do, but just if your plant's looking sick afterwards, probably touch the ice cube for a while. Or the roots. What do you think, Amanda? I'm not, I, again, it's too easy to freeze your plant. You accidentally, you know, the ice cube melts, it slides across and it leans up against the stem of your plant. That's going to create some heartbreak. And nobody needs heartbreak. No. That's true. That's very true. So if you are going to use an ice cube, just maybe keep an eye on it. Or maybe you measure out a little bit of water separately and you use that. Um, And you know what? If you're using ice cubes and it seems like things are fine, then just keep doing that. And you know what? If you're desperate, you're running out of the house, you're like, I got to get this done. If that's your only option, well, then I guess it's better than dying of thirst. Like. You, yeah. you weigh out the pros and cons of anything and away you go. Uh, okay. I like this one. <laughs> and I think we've, t- we've touched on this a-, a couple times, but no light plants. They're plastic. They're plastic. Yeah. They're plastic. Yeah. You go to HomeSense, you go down to the far end of the pot aisle <laughs> and there's all these really nice pots that have plants glued in them that are plastic. That's what those plants love. No light. They love it. They'll thrive. What plants do you think people believe need no light? Oh, Sansevieria. Ironically enough, I have Sansevieria under grow lights. Mm-hmm. I have a Sansevieria in the window. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They do great with light. And it's actually growing faster than it was when it was in the corner by the window. Oh, yeah. I have a really giant dead Sansevieria. I think I've talked about it before. That lived in my windowless boardroom and the uh, fluorescent light was not enough. No, yeah. funny that. Yeah, weird. right? It happens. It's, yeah, that's weird. I don't know how that would, what would happen there. Hmm. That one DFO'd on you, done fell over. Yeah, it <laughs> uh, was quite, quite spectacular. <laughs> it's tough to do. <laughs> I've killed a few. It's uh, yeah, apparently my thing. Man. So I guess, you know, regardless on what's out there, the point is there are no plants like no light so plants must have light and i know um in our beginner plants episode we did talk about some alternatives and some ideas if you wanted to have plants in a lightless room so give that a listen if you want some more information on that yeah amanda had a great suggestion there yeah and you get to have more plants exactly you get to have like three of them 
And you get to listen to us talk about plants more. Uh, who doesn't want to <laughs> listen to us? My husband. <laughs> you know, my husband listens to us. Aww. Cole's going to listen one day and I am going to be so much trouble. <laughs> we won't tell. But him. by then, like we'll be already on episode 20. So he's just going to have to get over it. I'm just going to have to pre-listen before he does and be like, you might like this one. Oh, that's good. some recommendations. Yeah, yeah exactly. Think, ones, yeah. ones where I don't trash talk him. Yeah. <laughs> my He's mom an can't amazing man, to, but <laughs> my mom can't listen to any of these because I talked about her last two episodes. Right, mom. Uh, so as you know, listeners, you know we all, the three of us, love Hoya very, very much. We love all the variations. We love. Um, I have a problem with them. We have a problem. A we all have a problem. And the when you first get into Hoya, one of the things that I think people come across a lot is the idea that you can treat all Hoya the same and you can treat them like succulents. Yeah. Meaning they you don't need to water them all the time. They need a crap ton of light. They um grow less in winter. So there's so many things that succulents have that Hoya simply doesn't. I'm dying a little inside over that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's uh there's so many different kinds of Hoyas. It's like so many different things. There's a lot of Hoyas that don't want to be in direct sun at all. They grow all over the world. Yeah, absolutely. You're looking at uh, Borneo, Thailand, China, uh, Asia Pacific, Asia Pacific, um, Australia. Um, they're they're Ukraine. Yeah, they're all over the place. Um, but you'll find everything from. Pachyclata, that really, truly wants to be treated like a succulent, to things, you know, like Imbricata, that will do best in a terrarium, and if you let that plant dry out, you might as well throw it in the garbage. Um, there's some I have that want more light than a succulent, yeah, and other ones that I have that are on par with Sansevieria, that are like, ah! this grow light is like within four feet of me and I don't like it and I'm going to protest. Yeah. There there's all different kinds and they just, um, they all like, they have their own, their own thing because they do come from different places all over the world. And I think that's kind of what makes them attractive because there's all the ones are like Pokemon. You got to collect them all. <laughs> well, and there's so many, so different. I always recommend to people like, okay, if, if this plant likes to grow dry, Look where it comes from naturally. If the plant is naturally from Thailand, dry for Thailand versus dry for Arizona or dry for Alberta, completely different. Dry for Thailand is a whole lot of water here. Yeah. It's pretty humid compared to here. Yeah. And that's what I think really screws people up. And I think we kind of mentioned it in our Plants for Beginners, but like our, you got to look at your climate where you are, no matter where you are in the world and collecting plants. Because the climate changes from place from place to place. And so like we're in northern Alberta, we have colder climates, we have dry, like it, re it rains so much this year, but it's, it's still quite dry compared to other places. So you got to adjust your plant to, to your weather. <laughs> so if it says it wants lots of water, chances are it wants a lot of water if you're in Alberta. If it doesn't want very much, you know, you might need to water it a little bit more. 
Yeah, I agree. It all depends on where your plant naturally comes from. It's always worth a little bit of research. And if you're looking for a nice beginner for giving Hoya uh, any type of carnosa. Absolutely. Any type of pubicalyx, which are so rewarding, by the way. Oh, you can watch them grow. I have killed. I find that the ones with the small leaves, leaves. So the curtisii? Yeah, curtisii, yeah. Curtisii. Um, I have very uh, enthusiastically murdered one of those. <laughs> and it, because I think that that one was just, when I had it, it was a little too advanced for me because I didn't know how to grow it. And over time, you get to know your plants and they get to acclimatize to you as well. But there are some that are harder than yeah. others. Yeah. I grow a ridiculous amount of small leaf ones. I love the small leaf ones. The curtsii I found doesn't love to be under a light. I killed mine because I didn't have it under a light. Yeah, those ones. Or I did have it under a light. Sorry. Yeah. Now the new one that I have is flourishing and growing huge. Um, and it's it's quite a ways from the light. <laughs> Mine's in a south window. Oh. Yeah, mine didn't like the light. I think you must just talk nice to them. Like, yeah. hey. Or you threaten them. She uh, kind of has like the Midas touch, only instead of turning things to gold, it's like growing them. We'll, we'll go with plan B there, Chris. I, I may threaten. <laughs> Look what you made me do. Yeah. This is your brother. Another good one that's overlooked often is Bella. Like that thing grows fast. They can tolerate a lot of an abuse. Not really. I no. totally <laughs> killed the cuttings that Amanda gave me. Oh, really? And I was trying so huge. hard. Yeah, I was trying so hard. I don't try, and mine's huge. <laughs> Be Bella is one of those ones that you either grow it massively or you kill it. There is no middle ground with Bella, and it's also actually very prone to spider mite. It is, yeah. Uh, my, my original Bella is four and a half feet long. Wow. Yeah. So I got clippings from you, what, three, four years ago? Mm -hmm. And mine's almost four feet long. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, everyone... I. I'm tempted to get onto our local Facebook page one of these days and be like, okay. Do the Bella family tree. Yeah. Who, who's gotten Bella from me and let me see them now. And I've given pieces away. Yeah. I feel like I might be ready for more pieces. Like I've matured enough in my plant growing journey. Are you winking over there? Is that what I see? I'm winking at both of you, which means yeah. I'm blinking. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> That's my wink anyway. So... So the moral of that story is if you are getting into Hoya, um, recommend starting with the easier ones, but also consider where they're from. And you know what? Get some advice. There's lots of great uh, resources out there. You can ask us. Vermont Hoya is another fantastic resource. Uh, oh, he's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. Just I personally have learned a lot from them, and I think that you ladies have as well, because um, we always talk about him. Yeah. <laughs> he's amazing. It when I see one, like if I'm looking through and I see one, it's the first place I go to look for it. Absolutely. And if he doesn't have any info on it, I question. <laughs> Is this else. real? I just yeah. ordered a huge hardcover book of Hoyas of Borneo. Because Doug from Vermont Hoyas recommended it as good reading. So I'm sure it'll be a lot of like taxonomical information and stuff that will make most people's but eyes fall out. Dirty talk to you. It is kind of dirty talk to me. Not gonna lie. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Anytime Amanda gets kind of on her on her knowledge, I I don't want to call it scientific, but it is in a sense. It, it's like she's talking dirty to us. It, it is. It, I just it's deeply and disturbingly satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> her face changes. You know what? Whatever it takes. Uh, speaking of big things. 
does a bigger pot equal a did you guys get that? Because we mm-hmm. weren't actually talking about big things, but <laughs> you know, whatever. You know what I meant. <laughs> I got it. Does got a big really pot actually equal a big plant? No, no. In fact, I think it's the opposite in many cases. If you have a pot that's too big for the plant, it takes a longer time to grow. Grow. A lot of plants want to fill out their roots and have them. I always say, touch the edge of the pot before they're like, "Ooh, I can grow up on top." So a lot of times people will be like, it's not growing, it's not growing, and it can be because that, or you do run a risk of overwatering. Sure. Because there's not, like the roots aren't there to suck up all the water out of the dirt. And if the plant is putting energy into building roots, it's not putting energy into building the plant part. Exactly. Yeah. One or the other. I'm not so both. smart, you guys. You mm-hmm. are. Very smart. <laughs> it's like I've been nattering at you guys forever. <laughs> Uh, Amanda, so what do you recommend for big pots equaling big plants and how is that a myth? Um, it's less stressful for your plant. It is less stressful for you. Well, maybe, maybe not initially. Um, lots of people are like, if I put this in a big pot now, I never have to repot it, but it's a lot more work. You know, it's easy to overwater. It's easy. There, there's a lot of things. If it tips over and it's not rooted out to the edges of the pot, you're going to run into issues because you're going to have soil everywhere and you're going to have a dead plant. I always recommend one pot size at a time. Which means another two inches. Is that right? Yes. Interesting. Because sometimes you can have like a big plant and you, I feel like people might want to might think like, oh, would you be more comfortable? Or because, you know, you think about us and we like to have our space and we like to yeah, we tend to go bigger. out. Yeah. yeah, but we we don't like underwear that's too big. That's true. You don't know that's me. That's a good way to put it. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I maybe you like it when your underwear is riding around your knees. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I find that once the elastic goes and I have to keep hiking it up, they're going in the garbage. Sometimes that's in style. <laughs> There's nothing worse than realizing you wore that pair when you got to work. <laughs> it's, it's only in style on laundry day. Yeah. <laughs> only on laundry day. Uh, so the moral of that story, don't overpot your plant. Oh, I thought you were going to say don't wear big underwear. And, well, <laughs> I wasn't quite done yet, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I was. But you actually added on and that's much better. Yeah. Sue, so you want to talk about putting food on your plant leaves. <laughs> yeah. So I've seen posts. I know somebody who's done it. They were told to put mayonnaise or milk on their leaves to make it shine. And I've seen people post and say they do that. Can I just make a plea with you? Please don't put food on your plant. Um, mayonnaise. How many of you like the smell of mayonnaise? Like you want to smell that all day. Especially warm mayonnaise has been sitting oh, out for a while. Yeah, I'm, when it's been oh, sitting out. Oh man, now I'm thinking about that bad picnic experience we've all had where somebody somebody's Aunt Gertrude has the not that there's anything wrong with the name Gertrude. Oh. Um but somebody's auntie has the old potato salad that's been sitting on the table for far too long or at picnic the, time. In the car on the drive over. Yeah. yeah oh. The egg salad sandwich that oh. you pulled out that's like room temperature for hours. Mmm, delicious. Yeah. Um if you put mayonnaise, milk on plants, they do have little pores, just like people. We have pores. It's how we breathe. Uh, It's not only how we breathe, but our skin breathes and and leaves breathe. And then it plugs them up, makes it kind of grossy-josy, and it stinks. And I just, would you like to wear mayonnaise on your face? 
I hear some people use it as a facial. Yeah. Or in their hair. But yeah. you rinse it off after, don't you? Well, I I would hope so. But I do you not wipe it off of your plant leaves after? No, people just rub the, or like a little bit on their plant leaves and leave Weird. It. Yeah. Not so, that it's not weird. Like if you do it and it works for you, great. But to it, me, it's weird. I love weird. I love weird people. But I'm going to make a plea as my own personal opinion because I'm not a science um, biologist or a plant it doesn't person. seem very sanitary to me. No. You wouldn't wipe you wouldn't wipe mayonnaise and spill milk on your counter and not wipe it up, would you? My kids would, but <laughs> would you? Prove you're an adult, don't put food on your plants. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it the the word you're looking for for pores is stoma. Stoma. Yeah. Stoma. I yeah, like, it's it, plant parts I are like, named really like weird. A, sounds like a sexy boy band. Here's stoma. <laughs> Uh, finally, and I know there's a lot of plant myths out there, but you know, we only have so much time and we are coming up to the end of our hour. The last plant myth we have on our list today, yellow leaves mean overwatering. Yellow leaves mean so many things. Yellow leaves could mean overwatering. They, they definitely could. They could also mean underwatering, lack of fertilizer. Aphids. Aphids. Uh, yeah. Fungus. Yeah. There's yellow leaves are sign. Of anything that could possibly be wrong with your plant. And what shocks a lot of people is there are a lot of plants out there that their leaves will look the same if they've watered a lot or if they've underwatered a lot. So essentially, yellow leaves are a symptom of something. So yeah, you will need to use your detective skills, a.k.a. Googling skills, a.k.a. if you have Amanda's phone number skills, you call her. Uh then you need to do a little bit more work to determine what is actually wrong with your plant. Absolutely. You need to investigate your leaves. You need to investigate your, your pot, your roots, the whole nine yards. Your lighting. And if you don't want bugs to touch you, you can borrow my bee suit, my hazmat suit. My I, think she, I think she probably has too. She's got one to wear over top of the other. Um, so that's plant myths, ladies. That was yeah. fun. What is your plant myth that you've heard? Is there anything we haven't mes- mentioned? Did we forget one? Yeah, let us know. We'll answer that for you. I'm sure there's yeah. a ton of stuff out there. Yeah, I'm curious to see. I'm I'm out of I'm curious. Me too. I think that would be great. Uh you can send those questions to us or your stories or to us or your pictures to us. We are online on Facebook at fancy plants. Sorry, Facebook.com. I'm gonna give you the whole thing. Facebook.com slash fancy plants podcast. We are on Instagram at fancy plants podcast. You can email us social at Fancy Plants Podcast. Amanda just did a like a fist bump or a fist like a pump. That's a fist pump. So tell Sorry, us why. Sorry, I, I just got my final grade on my final assignment for integrated pest management. Yes. It was a 51 page paper. Ooh. Um, I just got a 95 on it. Woo! <gasps> Congratulations. I have passed my course Yay. with honors. I am I've just completed my certificate and I already have some of my diploma electives done. It is a good day. So nice. you're hearing that live with us. Congratulations. Listeners. Yeah, that's amazing. Send Amanda your congratulations to any one of our social media channels. We'll look forward to hearing from you. We sure do appreciate you tuning in with us while we're talking plants. And we look forward to having you with us next time when we have our first guest so on exciting. the show. We're it's going to be so amazing. Sean Bouchard with Brayheed Gardens will be joining us as our special guest. 
as our first guest. It'll be a flagship episode for us for hopefully many guests to come forward. If you want to check out what Sean has done, you can visit Braheed Gardens on the web and you spell that B-R-A-E-H-E-I-D Gardens. Give that a Google. He is a local entrepreneur who has an amazing greenhouse. He's built his business over the last few years. I credit him with a lot of my um, plant obsessions and we are super pumped to have him with us next He's week. also a pretty awesome guy, but don't tell him I said that, okay? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he won't notice at all when he listens no, to this episode. No, not at all. I think I'm safe. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, again, thank you so much for tuning in. And we are looking forward to seeing you next time. Ciao. Bye. Come on, sugar mama. Get your green on. Fancy plans.